You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Jason Daniels, Tony Groves. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey there. All right. Uh, boy, it's the end of season here. kind of feels like winter, I guess. Uh, we finished up with Homestead NIS. Uh, uh, again, thank you to the anonymous donor for the set we continue to use uh, that we got the week before, so it's kind of worked out good for that. And let's uh, let's go through it. Um, how'd you guys run? Jason, you ran Thursday fixed. How'd it go? Yeah, I, I like the way I uh, finished. I spent a couple of weeks away from iRacing and came back and had a good clean race. Uh, finished P11, two laps down. I was never really comfortable on the track. I didn't get in as much practice as I wanted to, uh, but I avoided all the major wrecks. I had a couple stupid black flags under caution. Uh, Got one for passing under yellow because the guy wouldn't catch up and got one for speeding in the pits. Uh, but it, it was good to run a clean race. I got some plus IR for my troubles, and I think it was a, a fitting finish for me to the season. Nice, nice run. P11. You can't uh, be down on that. That's a pretty good run for NIS. Uh, Tony, you had a pretty good run, too. How was your Thursday night? My Thursday night was actually pretty darn good. Um, it was one of the better races that I've uh, I've been in this year. Um, a couple of, you know, nice long green flag runs, which I'm not used to. I'm used to, you know, uh, lots of cautions and, and all that stuff. Um, I ran around uh, 20th most of the night, um, but I actually got to apply some pit strategy at the end by taking two tires, and it got myself... Um, Gained myself a couple of spots. I did a uh, little short pitting, um, which worked out to getting me a couple more spots. So I finished off uh, P15, and uh, well, I ended up moving up a split uh, because uh, because of my I rating. So I'm I'm racing with guys a little well, a little better I rating than me, and it's 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 definitely showing out there. But I felt pretty good by uh, you know even if it was a a 15th place finish. Not bad, huh? All right, and uh, you took a look at the points. You're Division 6, 15th. That's not too bad. Yeah, that was uh, 15th right after that race, and that was Thursday night. So um, just looking at it tonight, I dropped a couple of spots. So I finished up 17th, which, you know, hey, first year out. Um, I really didn't know what I was doing at the beginning of the year, and I gained a lot of knowledge Um throughout the season so um you know not not a bad not not a bad way to finish first season out so looking to uh i'll be looking to improve immensely on that and uh hopefully jumping up uh a a few divisions before the start of the new year all right cool well it's been a good season uh matt sista teammate he won friday night open uh, he said a guy four laps down slammed into him in the corner when he was leading, but he still won the race somehow. So congrats to Matt. Great job. 
Uh, I guess I'll talk about my races. Uh, Wednesday, uh, P14 uh, fixed, open, P21. Um, Saturday, I ended up running fixed, P11. Um, it was good pit calling that got me track position, and I was able to keep it. Uh, it's just a matter of when to pit under a green flag cycle uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, Saturday fixed, I also ran with uh, Brandon, U-House, uh, Chris, and uh, David Flowers. Chris Burling and David Flowers, they all wrecked out, all three of them. So they had bad finishes. Uh, Sunday, I run fixed, P20. Had a good run going, but got ran over a guy that was, uh, but I actually ran over a guy that was slow. This guy was a, a weapon out there. He was like all over the place. He's putting it in the wall. He's changing lanes. And we had this huge run and he kind of pulled up in front of me. And I don't know if I was thinking I was going to push him a little bit and just kind of give him a little bump. But when I hit him, it turned him and uh, we all wrecked. So, um. That was a tough finish, P20. Kind of a bad way to finish uh, the season out. Uh, Sunday that night, uh, Chris Burling, uh, he had a good run going, got wrecked out. Matt Sista also ran, and he got wrecked out as well. I was just not good at Homestead. I, I don't have the speed. I was a little hesitant on the throttle coming up off uh, the corner where other guys are just slamming it home, and that's where they would just uh, beat up on me, so... Uh, speaking of Matt Sisna, he just joined us. Hey, Matt, uh, we were just talking about your win. Uh, you got slammed by a guy uh, four laps down while while leading, but still won the race. Hello, you got me? Yeah. Yeah, I was having a little mic problems there. So tell yeah, us about um, your win this week. Oh, it was, it was kind of pathetic, to be honest. It's been pretty... Uh, Pretty dirty racing at Homestead, uh, especially in the lower splits. A lot of guys just kind of, they can't hold the bottom in three and four, and they just kind of maybe run up in the back and on one and two, they kind of run into you, and then three and four, they try and dive bombing you, and they can't hold on the bottom. Like you are saying, it's just, uh, just really tight. Yeah. And I was telling everybody, stay on the bottom if you can, just because of that. Because you can't trust people if you're on the top that they're not going to run into you, you know. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad luck there. There's just people maybe a little frustrated or the season's over and there's kind of not taking it as seriously. I don't know. Well, at least you got a win out of it. Yeah, it's been a while. Nice. All right, let's talk uh, points. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I took a look at my points. Uh, interestingly, in Division Two, I'm P23 in both fixed and open. P23. Uh, Ali Osman took the Division Two uh, title in uh, fixed. Garrett Lowe, Garrett Lowe won the overall uh, championship uh, in fixed and Division One fixed. Uh, overall, I was 90th. In fix, wow, ninetieth. Good. good job, Mike. Did you were wow. division three in in the open or? Uh, no, I was divi- so P twenty three in division two open. Uh, Matt Adams took that okay. division two title. Garrett Lowe won division one open, and he won the overall and eighty seventh overall in open for me. That's in the A car, right? Yeah, that's NIS. Uh, open uh, I and think. Fixed. 
NIS, I gotta be terrible because I've been getting wrecked a lot in there. Yeah, I made all the starts, and uh, that's where I landed. So, for survivability, sometimes. I guess Garrett Lowe is got a, is the guy, man. He he won overall both open and fixed. And he won Division One both open and fixed. So, congrats to him. That's pretty impressive. All right, that's NIS. Season over, guys. Daytona 500's next. Uh, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Meanwhile, we got Road to Pro. We also ran that on Tuesday. And uh, let's talk Road to Pro. Uh, Nick Deepen put in the forums that he is broadcasting uh, live the second split of Road to Pro. So we already have the first split uh, broadcast, and now we have the second split broadcast. So that's pretty cool. They're broadcasting the entire race, or just they're on board? Uh, I think the entire race is what I understand, so from a full broadcasting length. point of view. Full-length races? No, these are half-length, uh, these Road okay. to Pro. They're open, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, so anyway, check that out. I, you know, I'm not in first or second split. I think the last time I was in five out of seven in the fifth split, so... Uh, anyway, I ran, uh, road to pro. I got P 19. Uh, I got wrecked out completely with 30 to go. Uh, it was not my doing. I just got caught up. Uh, William Gibson, uh, ran with us. Uh, he wrecked out and Chris Burling, a new teammate. He finished P six. And I think, uh, besides your win, Matt, that was probably the best result of the rest of the team. Well, I think, uh, Chris did pretty good the other night or. Am I wrong? Well, Chris, yeah, he he got a P6 last Tuesday in the Road to Pro, and we run it later tonight, so. I guess I was talking about NIS. He ran yesterday, and he got a top yeah. five. Yeah, he had a, he had a good run. Um, no, he had a good run going, and he got wrecked out. And you oh. also got wrecked out, too, didn't you? I'm surprised he got wrecked out. There's only about seven or eight cars left towards yeah. the end of the race. Probably is still good, still a good finish. All right. Uh, also, regarding Road to Pro, um, somebody put together in Google Spreadsheet uh, the points, uh, including drop points with projected drop weeks, uh, average points, uh, points per race, and all kinds of in interesting statistical information. So it was kind of neat to look at that, uh, that somebody's taken the time to put that together. Overall, in the Road to Pro points, I'm running 118th out of 352. So I'm in the top third. Not too bad, I guess. I haven't had any really good runs so far. This is only a one-time-a-week race, right? Yeah, it's just once a week, Tuesday night. I wonder what they're... I don't know anything about it. I haven't really... You know how I am. I've been working on a setup all day. I haven't really read the the little podcast... Um format but i wonder how the road to pro you know what their their philosophy is in in doing it format they're going to follow well it's just once a week and there's one drop week and uh that's pretty much it so what's the difference between that and nis just well nis follows the nascar schedule road to pro is just a short uh several week season uh to determine the top the top 10 are invited to the peak series is really the the goal of that oh okay 
Is it just the off season? Or? Yeah, it's just off season. It goes through January. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So what do you guys uh, get to run it tonight with me? We run it about an hour and a half from now. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got. I've been building a setup all day for Auto Club. We're gonna get all, all right. I got. Well, let's do it. I'll be hopping in for some spotting, but I'm not a a class just yet. I will be soon. Uh, once a once I am, I'll get in those those uh, races. But we'll get some spotting on for you guys. That's the difference between NIS two and the Road to Pro. Road to Pro is uh, A only, and NIS is uh, what C and above. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't have my A license yet. I gotta knock out one more race, either in the A or the B car, and uh, then I'll be good to go. Nice. All right, uh, let's jump in the topics. I'll take this first one because it's a doozy. It's the world's fastest gamer competition, put on by McLaren, and the winner gets to. Uh, be the simulator driver for McLaren Formula One team for 2018. And uh, they literally get hired on as an employee. And so throughout the week, uh, they've been putting on Twitter lots of updates with short little uh, recap videos at the end of each day to, uh, you know, basically tell us what happened. Um, I thought it was interesting to kind of watch this play out when they first got there, they put these guys on some kind of driving game on a, a tablet, on an iPad. And they're all sitting there with these iPads and they're twisting them like steering wheels and driving some kind of stupid little driving game on an iPad. And and that actually, how you finished there, led to how you qualified into the other sim races when they got into the iRacing and different things. <laughs> that was uh, level one. Right. And uh, we, had, we had some representation from uh, iRacing, you know, Bono Huis, Freak Shortcock, whatever his name is, and uh, and obviously the champ, what's his name, uh, Gregor Hutu. And uh, it was kind of interesting as they went through the week. Uh, the first day they got to meet uh, former Formula One champion uh, Mika Hakkinen. Oh uh, yeah, and I was like, I was like, wow, when I saw that because I'm, you know, he was my hero too. When I was a kid, I actually had a Mika Hakkinen poster in my room uh, of oh. his Formula One car. And uh, anyway, uh, it was a big moment uh, for Gregor Hutu, who's from the same country as Mika Hakkinen, and uh, Gregor's uh, longtime, uh, you know, person he looked up to. So they all got to all right. meet him and check it out. It was pretty cool. Not to brag or anything, Mike, but it looks like I finally got my uh, my division results back, and it looks like I took my division in the Ake Open, uh, the Division Six. Nice. So that's for season four or whatever. Yeah, this last season here that I won the division. So nice, good job. I got it to work. I know I'm a little late to the party. We're talking about something else now. <laughs> so throughout the week, they uh, narrowed down the people. Um, they cut it down to six finalists. And then they went down to two, and then they bounced back up to three. Um, one of the races they did was a 24-hour of Le Mans race. And uh, they actually live-streamed that on YouTube, and I watched it for a while. It was kind of interesting to watch. Um, so they raced 24-hour of Le Mans. 
Um, so Freak Shock Horse uh, made it to the finals when they narrowed it down to two uh, with this other guy named uh, Buren, Rudy Van Buren. And uh, Rudy is not from really from iRacing, um, but he ended up winning it. Uh, and on the final day, they actually put both those guys into the actual McLaren Formula One simulator and let them run it. And uh, they weren't necessarily looking for the fastest guy, but they were looking for the guy that would work best on consistency, providing feedback on the car and the setup and that kind of stuff. And so uh, congratulations so, to Rudy Van Buren. So he won the, the world's fastest gamer, or is that Mika Hakkinen that won it? No, no, no. Ru- Rudy Van uh, Buren won it. Uh, so he's, oh, okay. got, he's been hired by McLaren. No, f- Mika Hakkinen was just there as a ambassador for McLaren oh, okay. just to kind of show off uh, to, the, to the guys. Uh, but uh, interestingly, they offered him a job, and he took it, obviously, after winning the championship uh, or winning the, uh, you know, the world's fastest gamer. Uh, there were 30,000 applicants, uh, 12 finalists, and one winner. Yeah, so this uh, Rudy Van Buren's got himself uh, like a, a one-year deal working for McLaren. Now, how cool is that? Yeah, he's 25-year-old sales manager from the Netherlands. And uh, obviously will be taking a leave of absence and uh, uh, going to uh, work at the factory. Wonder how else you would you'd actually get into racing, especially when it comes to the real expensive road racing cars in Europe, and definitely one unique way to get into it. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, so it was kind of fun to watch that throughout the week. Uh, so check it out. Um, you can follow it best on World's Fastest Gamer. The Twitter feed is where they're put up the videos and stuff and you can watch them all in like 30 minutes uh, and watch the whole thing it's very interesting um the equipment and the facility are top notch i mean it looks so cool they got neon everywhere and it's just really neat looking all right tony what's next uh steve myers put up a twitter uh Thanking uh, at Seabell Racing. Uh, yeah, Chris Bell has been a, a big help in all the dirt dirt tracks and the dirt development. Uh, Steve Myers thanking him for the dirt midget development uh, that's coming soon to the to the sim. So the story is here is when we scanned the midget car, it was literally Christopher Bell's midget car. It happens to be the one that he keeps in his living room. So he has a sprint car in his living room, and that's the one that they scanned for this. And so they literally are thanking him for letting him scan their their dirt midget. Now, apparently he's helping with the testing as well. Now, let's not forget, Christopher Bell won the championship in the NASCAR Truck Series this weekend. So, congrats to him. Uh, Jason, what's next? Next up, we've got a 
Susan Flint commenting on a uh, forum post about subscription renewal set to on without my consent. Uh, she's just coming in reminding that auto renew is set to on by default. Uh, so it, it's a pretty large button if you go on the on the account screen. It's pretty easy to turn off yourself. Uh, but remember that auto renew is set to on unless you turn it off. Yeah, good point. I don't think I've ever had that problem. I always know what's going on before, you know, my due date comes or okay. my expiration date, you know. I had that problem one time years ago when I was brand new with the hobby, but only like one month, so who cares? You also buy like three years in advance, so. All right, pretty cool. Uh, so if you're worried about auto-renewed, go check it out. Just you click on a camera. Yeah, it's not hard to find. I mean, it's not like trying to scam you or something. All right, next topic. Uh, Alex Gustafson posted in the forums uh, that iRacing has done a deployment of the new version of the UI and Time Attack. It's a large update for performance speed and sta stability of the application. So don't forget about the new UI. I think I've been trying to forget about it, but uh, hey, it sounds like they're still working on it. The good news is there's been absolutely no talk about sunning down the website. So it looks like it's running concurrently for now, side by side. And I haven't heard anything about the website going down at all. So, Look, you know, I'll, check, the, I'll check it out again when they tell me that the new UI does everything the website does. It has every piece of functionality that the website has. And, and as far as I know, it doesn't. Like what, your, what do you guys even mean by new UI? Because I never have really got, used it. Well, it, at some point, it should have installed a, a shortcut on your desktop. So look on your desktop, and you might see a shortcut for iRacing. If you click on that, that'll open the new UI. The other way to oh. launch it is when you're on the website, uh, look for time attack in the menus. You click on that, and it will launch the new UI, too. Okay. I've only... I've only been in there a couple times for time attack trying out. And one time when uh, I couldn't get my sim to load from the website, I just opened up the new UI and it, it was able to find what I was registered, registered for and get me in. So I haven't used it too much yet. Right. Well, we'll see when it's done, I'll, you know, and it has all that functionality. I'm happy to look at it, but you know, if I want to pull up stats or something, I'm pretty sure they don't have stats in the new UI yet. So it's like, well, if you don't have everything there and you have to go to the website for certain things, then why would you ever leave the website, you know? All right, what's next? Tony, are you there? We had a mic problem earlier. Yeah, I think I'm working again. Uh, I got to find a new uh, push to talk button, I think. <laughs> okay. You got the next one? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a forum topic um, talking about uh, a potential uh, Gen 6 update. Um, uh, Tony uh, recently gave us a little tidbit that there's uh, been a physics update on the stock cars, which testers are really liking. Um, and I was, I was kind of scanning through this post. I don't see any actual posts from uh, 
Steve Reese or uh, Tyler Hudson about it. Um, so it's just a bunch of speculation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys just tossing around ideas about what they want and hope for. And so, what do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, uh, it's hard to tell. Hopefully, a track bar duster. That would be awesome. In in race car track in bar. race track bar. Yeah, yeah. There were some people posting for that, uh, hoping for that. I was thinking they just maybe trying to balance the horse, the downforce, you know. NASCAR took all this downforce off, and I'm not sure if we got to that same point or not. So that's what I was thinking. I kept getting hooked up or hooked on that the testers were really liking it. What would be something that the testers yeah. are particularly geared into? And there, there has been calls for a track bar for a while. So if if they got the track bar working and it, it's making detectable adjustments, uh, it's not just there and doesn't really do much, then I think that's huge. Yeah, and you're probably right. Uh, you know, taking off downforce like I was saying, yeah, they're probably not going to be, you know, overly thrilled about that. You know, it's like, oh, well. But, uh, yeah, track bar, yeah, that's big. All right, uh, Jason, you're up. Well, Empty Box 007 on Twitter just uh, posted. I've oh, lost you missed, it. Oh, you missed one. Go back one. Oops, I must just closed it. Uh, Tony Stewart uh, put some kids in their place. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is this, great. This, this, this was uh, actually the best uh, video that I, I, I watched. It was kind of a typical iRacing lobby uh, with, with people just talking trash um, during the race. And Tony Stewart just gets sick, sick of it and comes in and goes, hey, you know, shut up. You're not a pro or nothing. I know a guy. And silence follows because you can't really uh, come back from Tony Stewart telling you to shut up. I think you're saying it nice. Uh, I mean, there was two, basically two guys cussing each other out for wrecking each other and uh, whining about it, you know, big time. You know, typical what you would expect. And Tony just finally gets in there and he's on the microphone in the room and, and it's a Daytona race. And he basically says, shut the F up, you guys. You guys know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of hearing you whine, you know. It was awesome uh, when I saw that video. I thought it was great. You don't hear a real pro talk a lot if they do go into a room. Like something he would be, something he would say. Yeah, some some iRacer uh, caught it on video and put it on YouTube and uh, or on Twitter. Uh, some of the NASCAR media actually picked up on this video, and it kind of got out to some of the masses. I don't think it went mainstream, but... Um, yeah, it was certainly interesting. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, as you talked about, Empty Box, who is a very popular streamer on YouTube, specifically on iRacing, uh, amongst other games. Uh, he finally put, he posted up on Twitter this last week, you know what? I have a lack of motivation for a while now, but continued on. You know, because, habit. I've given what I could for years, and now it's burnout. I'm going to focus on something new. 
And so he's going to be taking a break from sim racing and YouTube, apparently. So what do you guys think? Have you ever gotten like this where you're just burned out and you're done with it? Yeah, definitely. I haven't been around long enough to feel that burnout yet, so I have to say, at this point, no. I don't think I ever have. I, I've always been so invested with the equipment, the software. You know, I even have a, I had a house built that has a special room for my rig, you know, so I could have an office with a door. And, uh, yeah, I'm invested. So I, I really have never gone down that road and felt like that. But I thought it was interesting that someone has. I think that sometimes the competition gets, you know, pretty hard and the people start being maybe a little bit rude and um, you just want to take a little break for a while. You're just like, you know, I'm tired of, tired of competition. I'm tired of fighting people. I just want to take a little break. I just want to. Maybe take a little winter vacation or something. Uh, good timing. It's the off season, so yeah. Yeah, I think I had a little of that. I, I know I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself to perform better, and was getting frustrated, and just took a couple weeks away, and came back with a new focus. I don't, I don't think yeah. I, I've had a big hiatus just yet. Anything like Tony said, I haven't been around long enough for for one of those. But there's there's no harm in in a, a couple week break. I, I know I won't be doing that as much next year because I'll be going for some points titles, but uh, well, with, with nothing really on, on the line since I started mid-season, I, I think a couple weeks uh, was helpful for me. Yeah. You can come back with a little bit of a fresh attitude and, e and ego, a little bit lower maybe, and that's probably a good thing for me. <laughs> there you go. All right, Tony, you want to tell us about Ryan Lusa, our peak champion, and what happened to him at uh, Homestead? Yeah, uh, Steve Myers threw up a, a few uh, Twitter posts, and looks like uh, Ryan Lusa was living it up on the weekend. Um, I mean, uh, he's he's got uh, you know pictures with uh, Bobby Allison and Kyle Larson, and uh, there's a pretty cool picture of him uh, hoisting up the trophy. Um, standing beside uh, Clint Boyer there, and they're presenting him with his uh, his ten thousand dollar big eye racing check. Yeah, it's a trophy. It kind of looks like the Sprint Cup trophy from the Nextel Sprint Cup, you know, with the wavy flag, kind of checkered flag look. Uh, pretty cool trophy. Uh, big old check, like you said, and looks like a ring. Yeah, uh, Clint Bo uh, Boyer's got for him, like a championship ring. So wow. pretty cool. That is cool. That's almost like a real life thing. You get that's a trophy and a ring and ten grand, and you're holding yeah. it up and getting your picture taken and partying it up. That sounds like a real life thing. Now this was on the uh, driver intro stage that they had set up there at Homestead. And I actually watched the NBC coverage, hoping they were going to actually show Ryan Luza on TV and show him getting his uh, championship trophy, but they didn't. Uh, but uh, pretty cool that, you know, they, they at least honored him in that way, and um, it's tied to NASCAR, you know, obviously with him being there at Homestead and guest of honor and that kind of stuff. Wow, cool. So you got to go to Homestead? Yeah, they put him up and everything. And who's the one that gave him the trophy here? Well, 
I think that's uh, somebody from iRacing, and then there's uh, Clint Boyer standing there. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, who's up next? Jason? Next up, we have a forum post, iRacing versus Real Life. And this is a lap in the sim, and it's running split screen with a real life lap uh, in the Ford GT at Le Mans. Uh, so Seth Whitaker decided to see just how close it is to the winning number 68 from Le Mans. And he just took the baseline setup, wasn't holding back anything. He's not the fat, the fastest on the sim or anything, uh, but found he was quicker through the corners and think the real car had more top end down the straights. But he ran a 353.9, and the real life lap was a 353.8. So it's a it's a pretty neat video of, of showing just how close to life iRacing has really gotten over time. That's amazing to me. One tenth, he's only one tenth off after almost a four minute lap. And I think it just shows how realistic. Uh, this iRacing stuff is because I watched this video and with the split screen and it's amazing you know they're turning in at the same time they're coming off the corner at the same moment you know and then just to look at the track and the stuff around the track uh, and how similar everything looks and uh, I did see some differences though Um, not a lot but uh, obviously things change in real life yeah, add some grandstands here, some grandstands there. Right. But uh, Le Mans has that big blue stripe in one of the one of the corners that you just can't miss, and it, it's like real true to life. Well, pretty cool. Um, just another example about how realistic this is, and I think this video proves it. All right, uh, I'll take the next one, uh, Tony. Uh, Excuse me, Tyler Hudson posted up some updates about the Pro Series. Uh, Basically a reminder about the 2017 rules and how many people he's taking from the Road to Pro. And it's basically the top 10. And then he clarified in 2018 when they do it, it'll be the top 20. Um, So that was one post. Then he put out a real big post, a brand new one, uh, just earlier today actually about the 2018 World Championship Series and determining some of the rules that are going to be in place for the Peak Series, uh, and the blank pane, and so forth. And the, uh, you know, the, obviously the road side as well. Um, basically, the big uh, announcement is they are not going to officiate these races anymore. They're going to let the sim handle it. So apparently in Peak, they've been having like an actual steward who throws cautions, hands out black flags, clears black flags, oh. that kind of thing. Now that's going to be done, and they're going to let the sim just handle it. So it'll be like an official race instead of a hosted. Not even know that. They did that in the first place. It's almost like they're going to step backward. Well, Not- you know, I think I, I want to say that, you know, Hammer had made a big, uh, our friend John Hammer, he made a big uh, discussion about this in the forums about, Hey, you know, the feeder series that feed into this peak series all come from official where there is no stewards. 
So why shouldn't the, the main event be the same way? You know, why would it be different? And he had a good point, and I think that's probably why they made this adjustment. But uh, I kind of like it. You know, I, it takes out that, and we talked about this last week a little bit, it takes out that uh, bias. You know, does the referee have any kind of bias towards one guy versus another? It also shows that they're comfortable with the programming in the sim to take this over, that they really took a look at the black flags that they cleared. Why did we clear them? Is this something that the sim should have caught? Is this a one-off corner case? And that they found that it just wasn't worth the time investing uh, live people there, check watching all the corners for black flags and cautions when the sim's handling it just fine. Yep. And apparently there's still going to be a, a race director looking at replays. Uh, handing, they're going to make point adjustments and, and stuff after the fact if needed. And if they see, and, and they made it very clear, if someone shows a pattern of causing wrecks, they're going to be sitting out. Um, you know, so, so there's still a manual human element to this, but it's not during the race. It's kind of like an after-race review, so to speak. Uh, there's also a way for the peak drivers to uh, uh, file a formal complaint against others uh, for good sportsmanship and whatnot or rules and fractions, uh, and there's be some kind of uh, internal protest system uh, to that race director. So I like, uh, I like the rules. I think they were pretty good to announce. Uh, All right, uh, Tony, what's next? Just a reminder to anyone uh, needing to renew their subscription, now's the time to get at it. Black Friday. Um, Black Friday sale, 25% off, one- and two-year renewals. Um, yeah, this uh, this runs till December 6th, so it's a great chance to uh, save a little bit of money and, and keep on racing. Yep. Get on it, guys, if you haven't gotten it, because you won't get this deal again until July. So. All right, Jason, what's next? Next, we have a Twitter video from Rico Abreu uh, showing off the Dirt Midget cars. He's got a G27 setup. Uh, just show, showing off on uh, Lanier, showing off what it's got. And it's looking pretty smooth. It's I think it's actually Eldora. Uh, but yeah, he put up a video of him testing this brand new car. And you know what's cool? I, I thought it was to see his setup. You know, what kind of setup is he racing? Like you said, he's got a simple folding table. He's got a folding chair. He's got a G27 attached to the table and like a, you know, 46-inch TV or something. And that's it. Nothing special. Well, I mean, really, when it's all said and done, uh, you just need a place to put your wheel and need, need a place to put your butt and you need a big-ass screen. <laughs> yeah, and that's what he's got, so. All I've ever used. So Rico apparently helping with the testing on the new sprint car. Uh, we talked about Christopher Bell. It was his sprint car that got scanned. There was also another video put out of Christopher Bell 
talking about that as well as uh, showing off the 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 car going around the track. It looked pretty cool. All right, let's jump into hardware software. Fanatec has announced their Black Friday sale. Um, and uh, their first offer is get the Club Sport Pedal V3 inverted for the price of the regular ones at 40% off, 360 pounds instead of 600 pounds. Not too bad. Yeah. Anyone so, trying to go for a, a major kind of upgrade, they can get it about 400 bucks, I'd imagine. Not too bad. Now, you were talking about getting some new equipment, Matt. What were you thinking? Oh, no, I just was saying that I, I already did with the Thrustmaster, the T300, and I didn't like it, so. Oh. Because it's about the same price. I think I spent 400 on that for the one with uh, the clutch, GT version or whatever. I think I spent, you know, 400 after shipping and all that from the UK, and now you can get So who is it? Justin was going to buy something? I forgot. I bought a used wheel. Uh, oh, but that's not, right. Not one of the Black Friday deals from Fanatec, but I picked up a uh, Thrustmaster TX that I've taken in testing a couple times. So you got a Craigslist deal and didn't get killed? Yes. I had made sure everyone knew what ditch to look for my body in, uh, <laughs> but uh, that wasn't necessary. Uh it's a, the only item it was missing is the mounting screw, which he's got kind of a just a little hook that you pick up from a hardware store that that works just fine. Uh, so it's my first foray into for, force feedback, and I'm having to relearn how to save the car when I get loose. Right. All right, Tony. What's next? Oh, we got a post up here uh from des simulations um a link to their website and they uh um i don't know are they are these guys new to the uh they're new to me i've never heard of them but uh i found them this week and they have some pretty cool stuff yeah yeah i mean you know they've got a couple of cockpits to offer and it looks uh you know really nice 80 20 uh setups um but They've got uh, you go into some of their other stuff there, and they got a. I really like their sequential shifter, um, and uh, a sim handbrake. Uh, that could be pretty handy for, uh, you know, upcoming uh, racing and i racing. Um, yeah, those are the brand called. I think it's Heskenveld, which are known uh, for their pedals, and he's got their pedals on sale here as well. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna try and pronounce that name, um, but those, uh, yeah, geez, those those pedals are they're beautiful. They look really nice. Oh, they're only sixteen hundred for the ultimate three pedal set. Only. Yeah, well, they still look really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah dessimulation dot com. I really like the triple screen monitor mount. $405. Good deal for a, a, a wheelbase. The same price as uh, what I spent on a T300. 400 bucks. so. Well, that triple screen mount that you're talking about there, man, that is a 
beefy screen mount. That There is not going to be any wiggle or shake in that. That's the thing. I mean, I hate the one I have. I hate it, hate it, hate it, because you breathe on it, and it falls over. I mean, it's so flimsy, and I just would, I'm just drooling at the thought of something that was actually solid. Yeah, it's got really nice double legs on it that are really spread out. It does look really solid. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for an 8020 pre-built uh, cockpit, check it out. Now, I never said they were cheap. <laughs> uh, they have one there that's like over four thousand dollars. I can't. It's I can't imagine buying a four thousand dollars stationary cockpit, but that's what it is. Yeah, well, that one's a little crazy. That one looks like it's it's uh, set up to be a, a motion rig, but... Um, but the motion stuff's not included in that price. Correct, yeah. No actuators or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but... The other one kind of looks nice, you know? Uh, the, the one that's uh, uh, $1,085 is the version 2. And that's a really nice looking one. I'd probably be more into that because of the price, but yeah, so check it out if you're in the market for that kind of stuff. DESSimulation.com. All right, next up, let's talk iRacing crossover into the real world. None other than Ty Majeski. And uh, Jason, you caught uh, an interview of Claire B. Lang on uh, XM Radio. Tell us about that interview you heard. So it, it was a real solid interview that uh, he did some uh, shout-outs to, to iRacing and how much it, it's really helped him in, in the development. Uh, but the, the big item from that interview is that uh, Roush Fenway is going to be fielding their whole uh, driver development team in the number 60 car in the Xfinity Series next year. So uh, Ty Majeski, Austin Sendrick, and Chase Briscoe are going to share time in the number 60 as it goes throughout the full season. So instead of just a handful of races that Ty got this year, like at uh, Iowa and finishing off at Homestead, uh, he's going to have still a part-time schedule, uh, but a lot more in Xfinity than he had this year. Well, yeah, and it's good news that at least he has a ride in Xfinity, even though it's part-time. I was so hoping that he would get a full-time in the 60, you know, with with iRacing sponsorship, you know, provided by Roush Fenway's owner, John Henry, who also owns iRacing. Wouldn't that make sense? Uh, but no, uh, it looks like Ford is the one providing uh, the sponsorship. Uh, reading between the lines, uh, Ford... Uh, did not want they wanted a, a place for Austin Sendrick and Chase Briscoe to go. Uh, they are two truck drivers that race for Brad Keselowski Racing, which is shutting down actually after Homestead, uh, and that team is ceasing to exist. And these two guys didn't have a ride, and uh, Ford obviously wants to keep them in the Ford camp, so I'm sure they struck a deal with Roush. Uh, hey, you know you can keep your time, Majeski. Uh, I want, we want Austin and Chase to have a ride. So they ended up, you know, splitting the ride three ways with Ford sponsorship. Does kind of lead you to question just what exactly do you have to do to get a full-time ride? Uh, 
Ty has just been winning anything that has four wheels and, and a steering wheel on it and some things that didn't have a steering wheel. Uh, just been winning left and right. Uh, it, his performance, I think, warrants a full ride, but uh, he's also being very patient and being very humble. Well, yeah, you're he, right. I mean, if, if he keeps laying down finishes like he had this weekend, um, you know, 10th place. Right? T- yeah, he was 10th. Like, I mean, he, he shows his stuff next year, even if he's sharing a ride. I mean, the, the sponsorship's going to come, the money's going to come, and the full ride is going to come. Like, it, I mean, he's just got to keep doing what he's doing. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's good news. I mean, I think we were hoping for something a little better. You know, like he had the full-time ride. But I understand Roush's predicament. you got to have money to run these. And if Ford is insisting on, you know, splitting the ride with these other drivers. Um, and I understand why Ford wants to do that. I mean, they need a, they need a feeder. They need, a, you know, people to feed into the Cup Series, just like Toyota's got. You know, Toyota's got a great feed system. Um, Chevy's got a great feed system from Junior Motorsports. Um, and what has Ford got? Well... I guess they got the 60 in the Xfinity series now. So good. Good for Ty. Uh, real happy for him. All right. Uh, what's next there, Jason? Ben Kennedy posted that he was ready to bring on the weekend at Homestead. And it's got a, uh, got a video of him practicing out on an empty track uh, in iRacing and Homestead. Yeah, getting some test laps, and and he's right against the wall, <laughs> as we saw him running up there all weekend that way. All right, Tony, uh, final topic. You take it. Well, it was uh, Christopher Bell, uh, 22-year-old from Oklahoma, when, won the Camping World Truck Series uh, championship for Kyle Busch Motorsports, and uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, wins his first career NASCAR race and, you know, kind of a bummer, uh, because Keselowski racing's shutting down right after he wins a little bittersweet, but I mean, I mean, you know, Hey, what, what better way to, to show your stuff? Like we were just talking about the three-way split for, uh, for the car next year, but I mean, you know. You, you prove yourself, and, and things are going to happen. This is just one really good way to prove yourself. Yeah, and this thread's really about what is the common thread amongst all these guys we're talking about? Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, uh, William yeah, Byron, it, you know. William Byron went in the, the Xfinity Championship. The common thread is, guess what? These guys are all sim racers. They're all for my racing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just hadn't got to that part yet, but yeah, these guys are really showing showing their stuff. Um, like that, that's that's pretty damn cool. It makes you know kind of what we do a little a little more special. Yeah, and that that Xfinity race. I don't know if you guys saw it, but you can't see it. It was great. It was a great race. Yeah, I, I was able to catch uh, to catch the majority of the race and and definitely the ending, and uh, yeah, those guys that it 
it was a really it was a it was a great race to watch um those guys really put on a show um and uh you know they they all earned their spots that's for sure yep yeah very impressive with that kid what he was able to pull off and certainly uh showed he deserves that cup ride next year at hendrick uh but congrats to all the sim racers out there who did well in nascar this last weekend uh, including Chase Briscoe, who won his first uh, career NASCAR race. So congrats to him. All right, with that, let's get into final uh, top final thoughts. Uh, Jason Daniels, what do you got? Nice way to finish the uh, NIS season. Uh, now it's kind of a, a little of what now, as I, I uh, look to see how I'm going to improve my I rating over the off season. Uh, not really counting anything out. I was even eyeballing a street stock race at Bristol, which just sounds insane. Uh, so it, anything I can do to get the high rating up and, and to keep sharp and get that A license and get into the, those pro races. Uh, it's going to be going to be different not having the, the two hour races every Thursday and Sunday night that I try to run. Uh, but I'll, I'll fill the time. I'm not going away. Run the the K and N. That's not a bad plan. Or uh, the street sock. Your our I rating gets up. Yeah, farm your I rating. Farm it, yeah. All right, Matt. Just, uh, what is your final thoughts for tonight? Uh, I guess I'm just excited for the the new build. I I've got my new wheel. I'm getting really really good at uh fine tuning, tweaking setups, and I'm just I'm happy to. No, I'm happy to know that there's a new build coming out with the A car and the new physics. Makes us see what it's like. Yeah, and the animated pit crews is coming too. There's something about sounds they put in there too. I'm wondering if that's maybe a little bit better sound effects. Yep. There's a lot of stuff they're doing. Tire screeching or something or, you know. All right. Uh, all right, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, I'm going to go with uh, kind of a reflection number two. I did a little bit of a reflection last week, and I kind of look back right to the start. I mean, the whole, re- the, the whole reason I got into iRacing uh, was to do this NIS series. It just it grabbed me right from the first time I heard about it. Um, what an eye-opener. Um, to sit down for a full-length Daytona race. I mean, I did rack out that first race. Sat there, got my engine uh, repaired, got back out on track, and then just to continue on, I didn't make all the races, um, but for every one that I did, I just, I had a great time, and then to finish it off at Homestead, and I, I really enjoyed that track, it was probably one of the, the more, uh, one, one of the, the only tracks where I felt actually really comfortable driving around there, um, I, I, I wasn't the fastest, but, you know, I was able to hold my own, um, kind of looking back at, at the progression, uh, that I've made from the from my first start in NIS right right to the last. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. So, you know, off season, lots of practice, uh, get my I rating up, uh, get up into uh, a higher division. Uh, really looking forward to that, and uh, you know, definitely the new build. Really want to see the uh, the new stuff coming out. I'm just, you know, hey, I'm just plain out excited. It's been a fun year. It sure has. Uh, I didn't get the results I was hoping for. I guess we'll get into my final thoughts. But uh, 
I still felt good about where I finished. Uh, looking at the NASCAR iRacing Series fixed, we had 5,674 participants in this series. That is a lot, guys. 5,674 people raced. And guess what? I'm 90th out of those 5,690, 506,000, excuse me, 500, excuse me, 5,674 people. I'm 90th. And uh, I'm pretty proud of 90th, even though that initially when it comes out of my mouth and I hear 90th, you know, that doesn't sound very good. But apparently it is if you stack it up against over 5,000 people. But uh, 30 weeks counted. There were uh, 36 races. There were six drop weeks. And, uh, boy, you know, like I said previously, I didn't get the result I have in previous years, and I think it's because we have more competition. I think it's because we have more people running this series. It's more popular. And uh, I'm just not, I haven't progressed or I haven't gotten worse. It's just that more people that are better than me have run this series and they're above me now. And I think that's really what it comes down to. So I'm still proud with the result uh, overall. And I'm happy to run this series and I'm looking forward to next year. So uh, it's been a while since you had a, a good new build with ACAR. Uh yeah, make maybe fun. that new build's going to change, you know, what's going to happen for next season, so. The amount of time some of these guys put into it, they deserve to have, and iRacing has been good about, you know, keeping the A-car, the Gen 6 at least, true uh, to life as it can be, you know. They've done a good job. Yep. And uh, ready for Road to Pro, and just kind of take it easy over the off-season here, and kind of catch my breath before we get to the Daytona 500, so. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, we're approaching episode number 100 is coming up soon, guys. Uh, we're almost there. I can't believe it. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Google Play Store, iTunes, you name it. We're out there on any kind of podcast app. So find us. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.